Hello and welcome everyone to What's on My Mind, a one-of-a-kind live podcast by adolescents speaking about topics that matter to us. Uh, this is Advait and here with me is Satvika. I don't want to make this boring, so let's start off with a bang. Uh, why do you think the Max textbook was sad? Anyone? It had a lot of problems. Yeah, you're right. It had a lot of problems. So do we at school. Today, this podcast is going to be about our school stress. So, Satvika, what is your opinion about stress at school? Okay, so firstly, I'm Satvika Suri, a 15-year-old bookerswin from Bangalore. Uh, I'm here today with Adwait to talk about a very important topic, something that's concerning everyone today and something we, like we as students can personally relate to, stress at schools. So, thank you. First of all, thank you everyone who's here listening to us, who's here talking with us. Thank you so much for spending your time here with us. We're very happy to have you here. So before we get on to the topic at hand, which is stress at schools, why don't we first talk about schools and why education is important to a, chil- uh, to a child, you know? So we children are the future of our nation. Like we learn whatever is being taught in school, whatever we see around us, whatever we learn from our parents, that is what we think is the world around us. So what, pe- what we learn in school, what we are taught in school is very, very crucial for our development. So as Swami Vivekananda said, education is a manifestation of perfection which is already in man. It brings self-discipline, a sense of responsibility, teamwork among children and prevents them from feeling social insecurity. Like you meet so many people who are so different from you or so similar to you, it's all very overwhelming. It also helps in being self-confident and a good decision maker. So every child must be educated so that they can lead a happy and secure life. Don't you think so, Adwet? Yeah, education like a, education is like a part of our lives now. Uh, ever since the uh, COVID virus struck and uh, education was turned online, but now it's offline. So, Satvika, uh, why don't we start off with uh, introducing our special guest with, uh, with us today? Yeah, sure, Adwet. So, uh, without further ado, let us introduce our guest. So, today here with us, we have uh, Swati, uh, Dr. Swati Watts. She is an educator, an avant-grade educational activist, a teaching expert, and a parenting guru. She, uh, she makes compassion and empathy the sole language of integrated learning that she advocates. As a director of Poda Jumbo Kids, one of the most successful brand of preschool chains in India, she's also the person behind the daycare chain called Podar Happy Kids. If that's not all, she also spearheaded the college of the teacher's training called the Podar Institute of Education that conducts a one-year program in early childhood education. A parenting professional, an educator, an advocate for child's rights, a curriculum consultant, an entrepreneur, a school director, an author, a teacher, the president of Kodar Education Network India, Ma'am plays many roles. We are honored to have you here with us Welcome today, Ma'am. To the Welcome. Podcast, ma'am. Namaskar, hello, and thank you, Advait and Satvika. Actually, I am stressed looking at both your confidence. I hope I'm able to match it. Yes, ma'am, nothing like that. We're really thrilled to have you here. And also, huge, uh, and also, we also have Nidhi Mishra, ma'am, who is the CEO of yeah. Cosmia, and we also have Mugdha, ma'am, with us. So, welcome both of you, also, ma'am. Thank Thanks, you, thank Satvika. you so much. So glad to be here. Welcome, ma'am. It's our pleasure to have you here, ma'am. So now, Adwait will read up a poem by Anawadhya, who is from Trivandrum. Yeah, so um, here's a poem by a girl. Uh, her name is Anawadhya. 
So um, here, here it goes. Teaching is one of the most respected professions in society. We need doctors, engineers, journalists, etc. But who makes them who they are? A teacher. A teacher doesn't just teach us a subject. They teach us so many other good habits. They understand our talent and encourage us. Yes, and what stands out here is that Anawadhyaya is only oh, seven wow. years old. Uh, okay, so ma'am, uh, based on that poem, happy teachers make happy students, but teaching has become a constantly expanding role. We now expect them to know how to deal with someone with mental health issues or how to answer a sex ed question. Not to mention being tech savvy in addition to their standard deliverables and academic knowledge. Do you think we are putting too much on their plate as students? How will they cope with it? What are some best practices you would share, ma'am? So your question is that we are putting too much of pressure on children or on teachers? Uh, no, ma'am. What I am asking is that now since everywhere everything is growing, it's developing, it's expanding. Along with academic uh, things the teachers have to do for us, they have a lot more put on to their plate. So as students, it puts a little pressure on us, I guess, but it is like a huge burden on the shoulder of a teacher, right? Right. So I feel, uh, I, I particularly as a teacher, I feel a teacher needs to be able to help children in all areas of their development. So I don't think they should consider it a burden because... When a child is your student, it is your duty as a teacher. Uh, I've been a teacher for the last uh, almost 35 years. And uh, I feel it's the duty of a teacher to help the all-round development of the child. Only academics is not a teacher. Then that's a tutor. And I don't think we need tutors as much as we need teachers. And teachers must realize that there are five areas of every child's development. Their language development, their physical, their social, emotional, and then cognitive. So I don't think teachers should consider it a burden uh, because the world that we live in now has different needs and different uh, wants that children have. Uh, previously, we were not so concerned about uh, uh, what the global world is doing. But now children have access to social media, to the internet. So we should help them decipher the constant influx of news that they are getting from everywhere. So no, I don't think it's a burden on teachers. I think yes, their role is ever expanding. And I think that's necessary for the, uh, you know, uh, good development of the students in their classrooms. That was really nice, ma'am. Thank uh, you. Yes, ma'am, that was such a brilliant answer, ma'am. Yeah. So, um, moving on to the next question. Uh, we are all excited to be heading back to schools and thankful for how our teachers stepped up to ensure our education in the worst of the pandemic times. As we are ready to start in-person classes, it is worth noting that for two years, kids have been studying behind screens. Mm -hmm. Now it's back to the transition to offline. Some reports talk of social anxiety, lower attention spans due to the constant screen exposure and poorer body image due to lack of exercise among students. There are mm -hmm. different issues for little ones who are fleetingly or not even seen school. How are schools preparing to face these new challenges? 
That's a wonderful question, Adwait, because uh, you rightly said, you know, the school was a completely different story for the last two years. Everything was on screen. Uh, we had the option of muting somebody or ourselves or switching off our camera uh, and moving around while the session is going on. And we didn't have that much of close emotional or social connect with others. You know, students didn't have that much time to meet each other. Uh, so many students who were in the 10th standard could not even have their farewell party. You know, so, so many things were missed out and life changed completely. Exercise was kind of no, not possible. So, yes, as we open schools physically, number one, uh, I think teachers and school authorities have to prepare to understand that there might be some behavioral issues. Everybody will not be able to suddenly, uh, you know, uh, adjust to the physical format all over again because you're so used to your freedom now. You know, children are now used to uh, being their own learners, uh, learning the way they want, sitting the way they want while they were on online education. Some would be reclining, some would be lying down. So, you know, all that is now kind of structured when you come back to a school you have your benches and your chairs and your tables and there are rules to be followed so i think what teachers and schools need to first prepare for is an open mind that accept the children and their behavior in the initial months rather than enforcing rules uh, which might scare them which might stress them etc you know because um, um, you know making friends um, learning to be part of your peer group these are all things that were kind of left on a back burner during the pandemic and now you're back to school so it's important i would say that schools need to prepare a of course for safety because the pandemic is not yet over as you can see from the rising cases in delhi and other places but they should also prepare for the safe mental health of the children, uh, you know, rather than putting too much of pressure on them to adjust immediately or to excel in their studies or to conform to social rules. So I think that is something that is required from schools. Uh, if we want children to be happy to come back to physical classrooms. Wonderful, ma'am. Uh, I just, I'm envious of how you, uh, you know, form your answers that quickly. <laughs> so nice of you to say that, Advait. Okay, ma'am. Uh, so, next question. Yes, really, ma'am. It was a brilliant answer, ma'am. Like, it's very true that many students, like even in my school, I can say this from personal views, that Many people have yeah. fallen back in the academic and the sports section because of the pandemic. It's had a lot of influence on both their physical and mental Absolutely. health. Like no one in the class is ready to talk to people who they're not close to or go make new friends. They've all become used to their own safe little bubble that like they're not allowed they're not ready to step so out. well you appointed that out satvika because uh, yes you know we are so we don't want to make friends now because we are scared because we don't we don't know how to do it in the last two years you know we didn't make any new friends we were in our safe little bubbles and uh, body image issues of course everybody has changed in the last two years people didn't have time or or the facility to do a haircut even a simple thing as a haircut 
so you know uh, no exercise so yes you may have put on weight you may have lost weight you may so many things you know so you students are grappling with so much more that this is not the time to put the pressure of grades and exams and percentages and report cards on you yes ma'am true um in my school i've seen a lot of toppers become backbenchers and you know vice versa so advait i was a backbencher and um, uh, i went through the my schooling years feeling very demotivated but it's only after i passed out from school and went into college that i realized that you know we consider ourselves backbenchers based on our grades but it's not the grades that are going to help us only in life you know grades will get us jobs but what will get us the promotions and the success is our emotional quotient is how we are emotionally so i think that's what this generation all of you need to really embrace that don't worry about your uh, performance all the time worry also about your emotional health yes ma'am true absolutely ma'am very well said so this basically opens up our channel to the next question the next topic we're going to get to which is body shaming mm-hmm. and bullying so in our previous podcast we have discussed causes like body shaming and bullying which severely affect the mental health of students due yes. to peers but another key factor to which schools directly contribute are exams mm-hmm. no one likes exams and 15 year old devansh from noida quotes einstein saying everybody is a genius but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree it will spend its whole life believing that it's stupid why do we want to judge all our kids by the same standard and risk a large number of them feeling inadequate is it right to judge a student based on their marks because there's so much more to a student than that just their marks this causes so much stress to students especially those in both who feel it will it will make or break them very true very true you know if you were right here in front of me i would have hugged you but here is a virtual hug for you because uh, you kind of um, uh, nailed the whole issue you know marks and grades and exams and tests and uh, everybody has the same exam paper everybody is judged on the same scale and each one of us has so many different abilities which are not judged you know in an exam paper and uh, most of the exam papers are based on rote learning you can always by heart your answers and you can do that uh, i think it's you students who will now have to take a stand because as an educator i have been fighting the system for the last 34 years that we need to change the way we a teach our children and b uh assess our children you know testing is not assessment it's very important to understand that board exams oh my god the amount of stress that children go through because of board exams uh it it kind of uh, destroys their mental health and uh, you know makes them feel inadequate in so many ways uh, especially today's generation all of you uh, people are scoring 100% I mean I don't know how that is possible and how that is achievable by so many students you know you may have a few students who will score 100% but what about all the others so i definitely feel i think you children have to become the voice of change now because the government will listen to children's voices uh, rather than adults telling them what to do 
because it is if it comes from you the user the one who is being abused by the system uh, i think a lot of change can be brought about because it's not fair i completely agree with you the exam system and the way it has been formulated till now it's absolutely unfair to a lot of students i was one such student you know i i felt in my schooling years that i'm not intelligent because in my time when i was in, um, in you mustn't have even be born when i gave my board exam i was uh, i gave my board exam in 1980 and at that time i got 60% which was quite good for that time but uh, um, you know you still are considered oh my god she's not a very good student but i was fortunate to join a college whose assessment systems were completely different and i excelled there as a student so the same student who was not so good in school suddenly became very intelligent suddenly became uh, a, you know a class leader uh, and today i am excelling in my work so i think yes uh, injustice is done to students because of our exam system and our board exam system and i i urge you all to take up this cause and to you know advocate to the government to bring about this much required change well said ma'am wonderfully well put ma'am like you have voiced everything we do not have the guts yes. to do yeah anyone you know you know we have films like three idiots and all which talk about the pain that yes, students go through but then that's just a film people go see it and then forget about it maybe talk about it for a few days on social media even today there is a film called dasvi you know in abhishek bachchan starer i watched it and yes, i felt wow the way he was taught Uh, all the subjects that's what our children require you know uh, if you are taught in that way you almost build that resilience to face any kind of challenge you know but we are not we are taught also in a very structured manner we we end up hating education at least i did when i was in school i hated maths i hated history and i hated english grammar and can you believe it i have written two coding books for children so i was a math hater and now i'm doing coding why because when i came out of the school environment i realized that the way i was taught was all wrong nothing was wrong with me but the system which was wrong absolutely right absolutely yes ma'am yes ma'am like every student in like there are more than 3000 students in a school let's just say and all of them are taught yes. in the same way regardless of what their understanding capacity absolutely. is we need individualized learning systems we need personalized learning and for that we need the number of children in the classroom to be less you know we need we need more yes, we need more kind of a co teachers in the class where each teacher has maybe seven or eight children under her and uh, even maximum 10 and she can give personalized attention and plan lessons accordingly for the children you know for their likes and dislikes for example i may be a child who likes cricket so why don't you take that example and teach me mathematics or even for that matter history can be taught from that you know that what was it in, in the olden times etc so you're so right 3000 children all being taught in the same way yes ma'am so like based on the same topic urja dhirwani a 16 year old from ahmedabad has written a poem called the scam of exams 
in which she has uh, written about her feelings towards exams so she is like totally convinced that there is no high scoring subject and exams are basically made for all of us to fail i agree so here the poem <laughs> so the poem goes every day i study and study but it comes out to be dubby i am really not fond of books i want to try my new looks there are a lot of chapters i have done break up with my adapters it's a scam i really hate exams i'm super tired i can't enjoy the invention of john byard my mother gives me almonds so that i could shine like a diamond the syllabus is generally too boring and no single subject is highly scoring the one i hate is math it is the reason for my wrath but i love english and science because it wakes up my conscience so beautifully written and she's so right it's a scam absolutely right you know she should send this poem to the prime minister really she should because you know it's it's time the voices of children were heard in the corridors where policies are made on education you know we are very fortunate in this country that we have a new education policy uh, if you all read the new education yes, policy it is very child centered it is very student centered but i hope the state governments really apply that policy and not continue the way they are already you know in this as this girl said you know everything is a scam you i i don't want to learn like that but i'm made to learn like that yes ma'am uh yes ma'am uh, sorry totally. ma'am I, and i feel that uh pressure is the main cause of stress in the mm. and um 95% is the borderline for all exams you know exactly and you know adwait why it is there it is there because in india our parents want us to join only some particular professions like the doctors or engineers you know and that's why and these colleges ask you for these kind of percentages and another reason why these colleges have such a high uh, percentage taken is because we have few colleges and too many students so i think if the government were to increase the number of colleges uh, you know we wouldn't have this much of pressure on these children and i feel if parents would just listen to children's choices on professions you know uh, we don't even talk to you people about different professions available then how would you choose those professions you know we only when you are growing up we talk to you about engineers and doctors uh, and architects uh but we don't talk to you about other professions and the world is surviving because of them right uh look at the people who own social media or look at the people who own gaming or look at the people who make films we don't even talk to you about these professions you know uh, or musicians uh so we 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 don't let our children aspire to be in these professions and all these professions don't require these 95% and 100% so i think that needs to change a parental view about what professions their children can choose needs to change absolutely right ma'am yes ma'am and it's really necessary in our society today because even though we've developed so much half the population is still behind engineering yeah. and medicine and we have like bundles of students going towards engineering and like buildings filled with engineers engineers like we don't really have that much of a scope for any other profession absolutely in absolutely and it's very important that you know when you are when career counseling is done for you all you should be given so many options i think that's also a very important aspect of mental health you know when you are going to make me 
take up a profession that I am not interested in and you are asking me to take that profession only to earn money, uh, I'm not going to be happy in that, you know. Uh, I have a quotation by which I live by and I say that find out what you like doing best and then get somebody to pay you for doing it. This is going to be all of our motto from now on. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and mine too, mine too. <laughs> and that's what I'm actually doing. My my passion was teaching. My passion was puppetry. My passion was children, and I got somebody to pay me for doing it. <laughs> yes, really, really happy really for happy. you in that case, ma'am. Uh, and ma'am, uh, this also rem uh, reminds me of a uh, uh, my favorite Harry Potter quote. It's a. It is our choices that show we who what we truly are far more than our abilities. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. See the books that you all read and the content that you all have is so diversely different from the schooling that you all are given. You know, so it's very very important that uh, uh, somewhere the twain has to meet now. Somewhere we have to think of changing the way we teach you so that you grow up. first and foremost with a feeling of confidence and a feeling of you know happy chemicals in your brain yes ma'am if you're happy with what we're doing success will automatically exactly. come to us uh, we don't need to go chasing success it will automatically come towards us <laughs> true very true Uh, so, ma'am, I just wanted to ask you a, a, a couple of personal questions. Sure. Um, we students feel that popularity is equal to confidence. So, can you please explain what popularity prejudice is at school? So, popularity for today's children is the number of followers that they have, or the number of likes that they have. Uh, I think that is somewhere also linked to the mental health issues that people are going through. You know, they want a lot of people to like them. They want appreciation. Uh, and they feel that is my success so if 10 people don't appreciate them uh, they feel demotivated uh, I, I, and i feel children should be brought up to understand that the first person who should like you is yourself if you don't like yourself or what you see in the mirror then that means we need to work on ourselves so the first person who has to like you is yourself and then you have to understand what are friends what are friends for why do we have friends i don't like this term that facebook has started called friends those are not friends that we have there i mean i i may be having 14000 friends uh, are they friends do i know them do i know their likes and dislikes will they be there for me if i need something that's not friendship so i think uh, sadly the social media has changed the concept of friends for y'all and uh, that is why the problems start you know uh, it's important that the friends you make should be like minded so that they are there to support you not demotivate you they are there to yes critique you but not criticize you they are there to celebrate with you and not feel jealous of you uh today you all are going through a lot of peer pressure uh somebody is so slim or somebody is so muscled and i don't have that or uh, your friends want you to drink or your friends want you to smoke or your friends want you to watch a particular content um 
I feel anything that somebody makes you do that you don't like, there's no need to belong to them. That means they are not your true friends. Uh, you know, in childhood, there was a story called Pinocchio. And in that, there is a song, if you see the Disney version of it, let your conscience be your guide. And it's very, very important for children to first develop a sense of conscience that this person is asking me to do something that I don't like or I'm not comfortable with. Then why am I trying to please that person? Why, why am I trying to do that? That is a kind of conscience that children need in themselves. And that can only come when they have appreciative and supportive adults around them. If you are surrounded by adults who are constantly criticizing you, constantly pulling you down, constantly making you feel that I'm not worth it, then you will seek such friends uh, who will make you feel good and not mean it, you know. So it is very, very important for y'all to understand that peer group and peer pressure is part of our reality. Uh, and it does, doesn't only happen to you, it still happens to us as adults. So it is important that we don't fall prey to peer pressure. And that can only happen when you are confident with yourself. And that's why when, when we talk about mental health, mental health is nothing but the confidence of being happy with who you are, what you are and how you are. And I think that should be a subject in schools. We talk about algebra and geometry and history, but we don't talk about child's own inner mind or own inner emotions. I think that is a subject which is missing. And that is why then we fall prey to bullying uh, or we become bullies uh, because we do what, we, what has been done to us. A bully will always grow up to be, uh, uh, any child who's bullied will grow up to be a bully. Because they think that's the right way to get people to listen to them. So I think it's very important that mental health um, needs to be taken very, very seriously. You know, when we meet each other, what is the first thing that we say? We say, oh, you've put on weight or, oh, wow, you've lost weight or, oh, wow, you're looking good. We don't say, oh, wow. Uh, I'm feeling good today or uh, looks like you're feeling good today. You're looking happy or you're looking sad. We don't focus on our emotions at all. It's all about physical looks and physicalness, you know. So I think, yes, your bullying and mental health and mental health is related to your confidence and self-esteem. Uh, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So I would love that 101%. <laughs> You know, let me give you an example. One of the things that you get bullied most for as you grow is your group of friends will want to drink and experiment with drinking or experiment with smoking or experiment with so many other things. Uh, when my parents, when we were growing up, my parents had very clear rules of likes and dislikes of what this family can or cannot do. We were never told or lectured. We just saw that this is what our elders don't do. And we never smoked or we never drink, drank because we didn't see it happening in our close family. As we grew up, we had the independence. I went to conferences. I went abroad. I could have smoked. I could have drunk. Uh, there was so much of peer pressure from adults, you know. Oh, you're not even drinking a glass of wine. Why don't you take that? And I said, I'm not interested in drinking a glass of wine. And I'm not interested. I'm, I'm happy the way I am. Because my parents taught me 
what is a drink what is smoking and why do people require it so i understood that i don't my body doesn't require it so i don't need it i don't need it to be fashionable because i'm happy in my skin you know so that is something where bullying comes in where peer pressure comes in you need to have that internal strength to be able to deal with it wonderful ma'am absolutely ma'am we need to have a control on ourselves have a particular amount of self esteem yes. and know that what is right and what is wrong absolutely absolutely uh, we need to control ourselves first and not let others control us you know yes well said advait very well said uh, and that uh, gives way to my next question uh, how do i control peer pressure so one of the first important things uh, about peer pressure is if you have selected the right friend circle you won't face peer pressure but yes there will be always be one or two of them who will try to put that pressure in on you and say what you are a sissy you can't do this much also and uh, it's important to just smile and ignore such people you know don't get carried away with them and just learn to say no it's one of the skills that we are never taught as a child and i always tell parents that you always ask children before you allow any auntie or uncle to hug them or kiss them or you know uh, pull their cheeks etc we are never brought up to have the ability to say no and then that is what happens when we face peer pressure we are not able to say no uh, we end up fighting with them uh no you should have the ability to say no respectfully that i am sorry i uh, i know you all are doing it i i'm not judging you all but i would not like to do it uh, and it's fine if those friends say okay then you can't be part of our gang it's fine you will have to take the call what is more important to me should i fall down to peer pressure or no uh, i can walk away so it's very very important that you must have the ability to say no when it's required and the ability to walk away beautiful ma'am again i would like to mention advait the story of pinocchio if you have uh, uh, read the story uh, or if you have not read of the course. story watch disney film pinocchio and you will realize he fell to peer pressure he started lying he started stealing and uh, everything that his father told him because his the kind of friend and peer group that he had he started changing and that is what that story teaches children that you cannot fall prey to peer pressure yes yes ma'am you need to own yourself Absolutely. and be your own person so um next question coming ahead uh Have you ever felt that school was like a war zone where you're alone? I hated school to be very frank with you because I I was in a school where there were always those teachers favorites those students who stood first and second and third and fourth and fifth and they were the teachers favorites and um uh, uh, there wasn't much of extracurricular activity in my school i would have excelled if there was a lot of extracurricular activity and um, my english was horrible in school i used to fail in english and i write books now so i'm i'm just i i sometimes feel uh, the school was all wrong for me and uh, 
uh i hated school i actually hated school i don't go for my reunions also because i i feel uh, and that's what i'm trying to do now in my work i don't want any child to ever grow up to hate their school because as you said in your introduction swami vivekanand you quoted every child needs school every child should have that school where they feel a sense of belonging which which kind of supported and empowered them you know uh, for me that was my college my college was what i should have actually had in school and uh, i don't want any child to ever feel that their school years were wasted or they they would not want to repeat their school years oh my god i never want to step back into school that shouldn't happen to any child you know because schools are not supposed to be prisons schools are supposed to be a place where children thrive uh, you know frederick frobel was the person who who introduced kindergartens for the first time in the world and if you see the name kindergarten children's garden and i feel whatever the age of the children whether they are 10 years old 15 years old uh, a school should be like a garden for them it should be a place where they can bloom and not a place where they feel like withering away and dying you know so that's not that's not good and i feel it's time we change the way we looked at schools it's time the schools change the way their classrooms look i mean look at the way the classrooms are we have a table and a bench and a bench and oh my god we are all facing a blackboard there is no group work brain science has now proven that the brain is social so you will have to sit in groups and that's the only way to learn but we still have those you know military style many benches and chairs and all and uh, all of them are hardwood have you ever noticed that or they are plastic but if you go to an office you will have nice uh, uh, you know padded chairs and uh, a place where an adult sits is very comfortable but we want children to sit for 6 hours in a school on a flat surface uh, and their bums pain and their backs pain and we don't think about all this exactly ma'am very true ma'am the environment in which a student studies is very very important for their mental and physical well you know there is a there is a educational concept called regio emilia it is from italy and that a concept says that the environment is the third teacher so your first teacher is your parent your second is of course the teacher in school and your environment where you are studying is your third teacher and we need to work on this environment for all of you to feel like you know i'll tell you that's one of the reasons why many children are not settling back in physical school when you were at home you were sitting on nice comfortable chairs you know chairs which had nice padded uh, foam and uh, they were not uncomfortable or but now we go back to school and you go back to those wooden chairs and those plastic uh, chairs and you know it's very uncomfortable and you realize oh my god i'm not able to sit for long hours now you know so it's important for us to change that environment yes ma'am very true i have always believed that education is the passport to the future for tomorrow and uh, belongs to those who prepare it for it today wow wow that's that's so wonderful that passport to the future and it belongs to those who prepare for it today absolutely right
So I'm uh, moving on to the next question. Uh, uh, have you ever felt the urge to quit school, but then suddenly found out that you can't, and uh, the disappointment settles in? Um, I have felt like quitting school, but I'll tell you what I used to do. Um, my mom, my parents had put me into tuition classes because, as I said, my maths was very poor. I used to bunk my tuitions. I used to go to a nearby park and sit there for those two hours and come back. Uh, um, you know, and my mother, of course, had had to find out because the tuition classes called them up one day, and uh, so yes, I, 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 I was not a child meant for this kind of a structured education system, and it's so sad that even now children are going through the same what I went through so many decades ago, and let me tell you something. Uh, because I was not a very bright child, uh, when I gave my board exam and I was going to get my results, my father said something very, very good, which I think parents, all parents should do that. When I was going to get my results, he said, whatever happens, come back home. And I think that is something that is that says that I accept you. Uh, and whatever your marks are, whatever you are, I accept you. And that contributes so much to your mental health, you know, that when you know a sense of acceptance, it brings a sense of belonging. And I think that is what kind of uh, motivated me uh, to work harder in my next class. Uh, and that is very, very important to have that kind of support from your family. Very well said, ma'am. We're so glad you're here today with us to answer all of our questions and give us so many answers to so many things we didn't know about. You were like uh, our I'm voice. I'm happy to invite with me. The pleasure is all ours, ma'am. So now moving on, I'd like to call upon uh, Nidhi Mishra, ma'am, who is the CEO of Bukosmia, to give her thoughts on today's podcast. Hi. Hey, Satvika and Advet. That was really beautifully run. Uh, the questions were so amazing and crisp. And Dr. Swati, you have totally won hearts here <laughs> in this <laughs> podcast. I think many of us are rooting for you to run for elections or something. If you look at the messages on the chat, <laughs> people, I can see someone's message saying, I hope you become my principal, my teacher. So I think all of us are totally swooning over how, um, I think the biggest surprise is that uh, you're an educationalist and we all have a certain image of an educationalist in our mind and we feel that you know they are the source of everything wrong at school yeah. all the grouses we have uh, but uh, here you are you know saying yourself I hated this I didn't like that and I think that is so refreshing um, if we hear that from our schools clearly accepting that this is not right um, this is something even we don't aimlessly keep defending, you know. I think it was so refreshing. We totally enjoyed listening uh, to the conversation. I can see a vote for Swati Ma'am on the chat. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, this was fantastic. Uh, and uh, probably just one thing before we close. I, um, I know, uh, you know, through the very many things that were uh, spoken of in your introduction, I am. Uh, um, uh, there's one thing that you do wonderfully well is this 
um, non-profit that you run, um, Early Childhood Association, yeah. the Association for Primary Education and Research, uh, which is um, a unique idea of coming together of so many schools to yeah. um, exchange best practices. Um, and a lot of it is uh, focused on early education. Um, and um, it only seems um, like a fair question to ask how... Uh, do we prepare our little ones who are still to get into, you know, who are not, um, who are in the primary school, uh, etc., for what lies ahead? Uh, we run this podcast here because um, mental health is such an issue um, for adolescents. From age 10 onwards, one in seven kids uh, suffer from mental health issues. Sure. 50% of uh, all mental health issues arise before the age of 14. So yeah. we're very aware now that, you know, this is what they're going to face when they are in age 10. And uh, how do we prepare our little ones now? Um, I, I, I totally loved your answer about acceptance that whatever happens, come back and it's mm. fine. Uh, is there any other tip you would want to share for parents listening in their caregiver as to what they need to do right um, so that from that early age to yeah. this difficult age, the transition is more? Absolutely. See, three things that parents should keep in mind. I um, Don't enroll your child in a school that interviews your child for admission. Because um, school interviews are basically trying to select children who are good. If you are a school, you should be able to take any child and make that child good. You know, if you are worth your salt as an educational institution, why are you interviewing children and only admitting the best? So any school that interviews your child should be rejected because according to the RTE Act of this country, interviews are banned and not many parents know about it. And not many mental health experts also know that the first stress that you are putting on that little child is that school interview. It all starts from there. That's when the parents are stressed in the home and they start preparing. Did you know there are... Uh, classes to prepare these children for the interviews. So you have these three-year-olds going to classes to prepare for interviews. And it's so ridiculous. How, can you imagine how stressed these children must be? And you are a three-year-old meeting a complete stranger who is going to interview you. Am I not going to be stressed as a child? And that's where your whole stress of the schooling process starts. So that's something that parents should not do. Select a school that accepts your child and wants to work with you for your child. Number two, never ever compare your child to anybody, uh, not even to their own siblings. Uh, compare your child to your child's own past performance. So instead of saying, uh, uh, you're not coloring the sheet, look how Yash is coloring, his coloring is so much better, that destroys the self-esteem of a child. You've now given the child a goal that the child can never achieve. And uh, at that young age, children are at the ego stage where it's all about I, me and myself. So instead of saying that, you can say, you know, you've, you, you have started coloring. Now, how about you finish this in two minutes? Because yesterday you took three minutes. Let's try for two minutes. So you are, you are now helping the child compare itself to its past performance. So you are your child is racing against itself which is a very good thing uh, which motivates them you know that I can do it I did this much yesterday I can do this much today and the third and the most important thing is select a school who's not going to make your child into a number 
you know we have uh, you, you saw even the children today in the podcast they used words like uh, back back benchers or uh, front benchers or um, achievers uh, we tend to think children are 80% and 70% and 30% we or a grade and b grade and c grade we convert them into that we stop looking at the child we only look at the child's performance we stop looking at the child or we judge the child by the child's behavior it's very important for parents to understand brain development we have two brains one is the emotional brain and one is the thinking brain and we need the emotional brain to be happy if you want the thinking brain to be used so it is when the emotional brain is not happy that children can't focus children can't pay attention children can't learn children can't remember a simple funda of life uh, hello hello this simple funda of life hello. if parents realize it will be a good journey for their children so these are the three things i would like to tell them that's fantastic such um, such interesting points you know we all face them every day um, but we never thought of it in such crisp terms that the school is interviewing i can now visualize uh, <laughs> how a three year old sitting in front of a 40 year old who knows everything is asking yeah. questions shooting questions at you uh, and maybe uh, an example that this mother came with and she said you know this principal was sitting with a multicolored sari and uh, pointed at a color on her sari and asked my three year old what color is this and uh, my three year old said rainbow and uh, uh, the principal just rejected the child that your child can't even identify a color and yeah. she said look her sari looked like a rainbow and uh, my yeah. child i think gave a very intelligent answer and uh, but, but the school said no your child doesn't know colors so can you imagine that you are rejecting a child at the age of 3 that's why you know i i say to yeah. everybody read the book toto chan Toto Chan is the story of a journalist in Japan. It's a real life story. I would urge uh, Satvika and Advait also to read it. Uh, she is a very well known journalist now in Japan. This Toto Chan is her story of her childhood. She was removed from six schools before the age of six years. She was removed from six schools, and then she joined the school of this Mr. Kobayashi, who used to run the school in empty. uh railway uh, train boogies and uh, on the first day when he met her she talked to him for 6 hours and that man listened and that's where she grew up as a child and that's where she excelled and she became one of the topmost journalists of japan wow that's the school system we need here we need mr kobayashi's school in india Yes, I hope something like that happens soon enough. Um, <laughs> great, great conversation to get all of us thinking there. Um, so, so very thankful, Doctor Swati, to uh, for you to take up time and share such crisp ideas. I think this was really a very, very pleasant surprise uh, for all of us listening. Um, lots of food for thought for us. and um, the podcast will continue um satvika and advait over to you as you wrap this up i just want to say that the podcast would be up on audible and the other platforms soon and we can't wait for everybody else to listen to it and um, we're all much better off listening to this conversation <laughs> thank you ma'am 
Thank you so much, ma'am. We're so happy you were here so, with us. Satvika and Advait, before you thank me, I would like you all to Google search a name today. It's called Divya Swapna. Okay, daydreaming. Divya Swapna, written by Gijubai sure. Badeka. There is a free download copy available on the web. Uh, download it and gift it to your teacher, because um, that man in 1920 told India how children should learn. And uh, I think today's teachers need to read Divya Swapna to understand what children thrive on. Uh, and read it. It's a very small document. It's a PDF. and uh, he taught children through stories so it's not that india did not have a wealth of such educators we've just forgotten them yes ma'am thank you so much for that we'll definitely look into already it already done ma'am oh, okay <laughs> so today was a really informative session a very fun filled session and we've taken so many points i hope everyone's got to learn something new here uh, they felt free enough to give in their thoughts something they realized if they were going wrong somewhere or felt proud of them if they were actually doing something right and i hope this actually helps this podcast everything we've discussed here actually helps some students overcome their stress and anxiety it is totally okay if you don't study well i'm pretty sure you're all good in something else Studies are not the only thing that's going to yeah, save you. Yeah, and don't make us your enemy. <laughs> I just want to say that if a single teacher can't teach us all the subjects, then how could you expect a single student to learn all the subjects? Well said. Well said. How wonderful! That's a thought. So let's wrap this up, Sadhika. Sure, Advait. It was really fun having this conversation with you. Thank you so much, Nidhi Ma'am, for being here. Thank you so much, Mugdha Ma'am, for being here. And obviously, not but not last, but not the least. Thank you so much, Swati Ma'am, for being here, answering all our questions and being such a good host. Not at all. My virtual hugs to you, Satvika, and to you, Advait. And I hope to meet you soon. We do too, Ma'am. <laughs> We love you so much. Your house, sweet. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thanks, Dr. Swati. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. You. Bye.